What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and uh, today is what? Early Tuesday, October 8th, 2019. You guys are listening to episode 419. How the hell is everybody doing? Happy October, everybody. One of my favorite months. Um, the next two months, let's be honest, you got the the leaves, you got the brisk air, the breeze, you got Halloween, you got ghosts and goblins going into Thanksgiving uh, next month. It's just the best time. You get a little gray, cold days, a little more rain. Uh, I love it. And uh, here we are. I can't even believe it's already going to be the middle of October soon, but a lot of stuff to talk about here. I just had something happen. I just want to talk about out of the gate. We'll do a bunch of stuff. Um, Got some cool stuff to talk to you guys about today. Also want to make the announcement that uh, Jerry Ferrara and I, uh, looks like we will be starting the Superfans podcast. Um, Pretty much, I was told, you know, we could get started as early as next week, but it looks like two weeks. But um, the show will get lifted off and we will do the first recordings uh, in this month, which I'm super excited about, probably around two weeks because I'm having a procedure done uh, at the end of the month. But I'm really excited about that, uh, finalizing everything with that uh, over uh, with uh, RiaCast. So um, look forward to that. And like I said, as soon as that gets, as soon as we launch that Patreon, I'll just uh, take you guys on a Patreon over to that one and it'll be great. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm coming off something really weird right now. So my son had to take my son to the dermatologist today. Okay. So, um, you know, he was supposed to go yesterday. I was going to pick him up early from school, but they changed it till this morning. So my daughter goes off to school and, uh, I'm supposed to take my son to the doctor and I take my son to the doctor and I never had something like this happen. I go in there, I fill out, you know, I fill out paperwork for like <laughs> seven pages of paperwork, you know, because you get new insurance cards and they have you fill out. You're basically doing like a, you know, you do the, you got to do the SATs before you go in there. So she just hands me a packet. I mean, it is a packet and I'm going there and even my son's like, why do they keep making you write the same date? Why do they keep making you sign the same names? It was just ridiculous. It's like, you know, has has the patient ever had a stroke, a heart attack, herpes, this and that? It's like he's 10. He's fucking 10. It's not like he's, you know, you're acting like he, you know, had the life of the Rolling Stones. For, I mean, he, kid's 10 years old. It's just a stroke or herpes. You know what I mean? What the hell would it, what, what the hell does a 10-year-old have to do to get a stroke or herpes, for Christ's sake? So I'm saying all these, you know, check, you know, checking boxes of all these ridiculous questions of my son. You know, I'm sitting there and it's just like, oh my God. Even my son like looked at some of the questions, just started laughing like, wow, they were really asking you that? So finally, I give the thing in and I'm waiting and they call us in and I can't say where I was or anything like that because I don't know, believe it or not, more people listen to this show. People hit me up the other day going, hey man, just heard your podcast. Like you wouldn't even believe it. People that I know, you know, personally, professionally, it's just so I'm not going to, I can't give any names out, all right? But um, we go in and she's like, my name is so-and-so and and I'm the assistant. Um, I'll be like the assistant to the doctor, you know, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, they're just looking at my son's skin. You know, he's got like a little rash on his knee and all this and that. 
And then the door opens and this tall woman comes in. I'm not even making this up. This is going to sound bizarre and it's going to sound like I'm doing this for the show. I am not. She walks in and she's got this, she's very tall and she's walking in like, she was an African-American woman, very tall. And she had, I swear to God, she had snakeskin boots, heels, like stiletto snakeskin boots up to her knee. And then she's got her like, you know, white doctor's coat over it. And she's walking slow and she's just kind of like assessing the situation. And I'm literally going like, are they fucking with us right now? Like, it was like an African-American woman who was like a Cruella DeVille in 101 Dalmatians. And she was just like, what seems to be the problem? And it was like that. And I was like, oh, well, you know, he's got a little rash on his knee, also on his arm. We just want to make sure. She goes, yes, let me take a look. And I was just like, what is happening here? And I swear to God, she started talking down at her assistant. Um, and I, I felt bad for her. She's like, okay, I'm going to apply this on here. I need you to, listen, you're going to work quicker now. You got to work quicker now. He needs it here. He needs it there. Okay, I'm going to put this ointment on and then you need to do this. No, 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 come around here. And like talking down. And me and my son are like, what's happening here? And I felt so bad. I felt so bad for the for the girl that she was talking to. And she was just telling her like, she wasn't like so brutal, but it was like, if that was my daughter, I would be like, you're quitting this job immediately. There's no way you could be talked to or deal with someone like that. And uh, I would ask questions and she was very like serious. And as a matter of fact, okay, I'm going to do this here. And then you're going to come back in a month and, and this and that. And like, then she, it was just really really bizarre, like how she was dressed, how she was walking around. Um, you could tell that she's a good doctor. That's why she's got the gig. But it was there was no like, listen, you go to a doctor for a child and you want to be, hey, how you doing? Oh, what's your name? Lucas. Hey, Lucas, how are you? Is it for is everything? Okay. Oh, okay, no problem. We're going to look right at this for you. With her, it was just like this militant. And she was just, and then you know, they lift the seat up high, like the seat, like they have like the things that they step on like a pedal and it could go left, right, up or down. So like, you know, he's high up and the lady was like, the, the assistant was like telling him to hop off and the, and the doctor goes, no, 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 no. You got to walk around and step on a thing and get it down. Don't have him jump off this thing. Just like, and we left and my son was like, man, she was kind of cold and she treated that other lady like she was her slave and this and that. It was just kind of like, whoa. And like, I'm trying to think to myself, I'm like, is that a doctor you want or you don't want? Because like, I mean, snakeskin boots up to the knee. I mean, it looked like she could literally just take the doctor's coat off and walk right into a nightclub at one o'clock in the morning in Manhattan on, on one, at, you know, in, in New York City at one o'clock in the morning. And just, you know, I mean, these boots were like, it's like, I mean, those are your work boots? Like you're a, you're a doctor. I was, I've never seen anything like it. And I was like, I can't take a picture of this, but like, who's wearing snakeskin boots up to their knees? She had all this done up makeup. And I was just like, this is wild. And I almost said something when she left, I almost said something because she was like, kind of telling like, put the bandaid on quicker. And like, I was almost going to say, whoa, you got to work with that all the time. Oh, huh? that's going to be pretty rough. But I didn't want to, 
you know, I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. I didn't want to add fuel to the fire. I didn't want to do anything like that. But there was no finesse in this woman's game. It was snakeskin boots up to the knees. We're going to get shit done. If there's any imperfections, people are going to pay. And uh, I'll be honest with you. I was scared to get out of there. No stickers. You know, no lollipop. Who doesn't offer a kid a lollipop? Who doesn't say, okay, like she just was like, okay, you're going to do this. I need you back in a month. Goodbye. And I was like, what the fuck is like, can we get a sticker over here? Like, I mean, I'm so scared. I feel like I need a sticker. I need a sticker or a lollipop after that shit happened just now. And, uh, you know, then we rescheduled for a month. And I got to be honest, I hope my wife takes them. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen boots, snakeskin boots, and I'm talking like six inch heels. Like this wasn't just like a, like this was snakes. This was like, remember the boots she took off and remember the black patent leather, black boots Julia Roberts had in Pretty Woman when she had to take them on, you know, she was taking her wig off and shit. She was doing the whole thing. Like these were like that, except like, like snakeskin, brown snakeskin was wild. So, uh, never experienced anything like that. But we definitely had a uh, Cruella DeVille type of doctor, dermatologist for my son. And um, yeah, kind of freaked us both out. So anyway, that's how my day started. Um, but uh, I got to talk about something else really cool. I want to shout out comedian Joe DeRosa. Joe DeRosa called me up and he said, Paul, the Writers Guild hit me up and I have, uh, I could take a guest to a screening of The Irishman. That's right, the uh, the final gangster movie of um, Scorsese. I guess you could say it's the third of the trilogy, even though they're not connected. Um, you know, they did Goodfellas, of course, and Casino, and now they're doing The Irishman, which is played by Robert De Niro. Jimmy Hoffa is played by Al Pacino. Uh, Russell Buffalina is played by Joe Pesci. And then all these greats are in it. Ray Romano plays their attorney. Um, you know, there's there's just great cameos. Harvey Keitel is in it. Just great, great uh, uh, Dom Lombardozzi is in it. All of these, these great actors. And um, it's so funny. Joe calls me up and he goes, Verzi, we got to be to this hotel. I mean, the screening is at 6.30, but they're saying it could be full. We might not get a spot. Um, can we just be there by like 5.00? And I'm going, you sure? An hour and a half? And he goes, let's just see. So we get down there. Joe's so funny. He's so into this. He's been talking to me about this movie for years. And it was nice of him to, to actually reach out. He's like, I think you'd be the someone that would appreciate this. So he's already online when I get there. We're the first ones there. Nobody else is there. There's an Italian restaurant right next door. We're both starving. So there's a doorman there. And we go, look, man, do you think you could... You think you could save our spot here? You know, we were here obviously first. Nobody else is here. He's like, well, you got till 6.30. I don't think it's going to get crazy. He goes, listen, can I just leave my bag here just in case we're going to be right at the Italian restaurant right there. It's the next door over. So I tell Joe, I go, look, I'm buying dinner. He goes, no, no. I go, listen, I'm buying dinner. Okay, I don't give a shit. It's not a thing. You got the tickets. I'll go buy dinner. Okay. So the guy's like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll try to see if I could hold your spot. You know, people shouldn't be coming. I go, listen, buddy. I open my wallet. I take out a 20. I hand the guy a 20 and I go, hey, man, that's, you know, just make sure. So then Joe takes out a 20 and Joe goes, yeah, here, you, you take this. And he goes, no, 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 120 is okay. Only 120 is okay. So we go in and we're already laughing because we're like, this night already is, this night already started off way too Italian. 
You know, we're basically bribing the door guy with, with cash to just hold our spot. So we go into this unbelievable restaurant. I mean, they're making the salad like they were like grinding up like the garlic and anchovies in front of us for the Caesar salad. I got a piece of veal. He got pork chop or, or he got, um, what do you get, lamb chops or whatever he got. Um, we got glasses of wine. It was just an amazing thing. But then the door guy runs into our restaurant. He goes, hey, just so you know, a handful of people started showing up. I don't want you to lose a spot. So Joe goes, I'm going to run in there. I'm going to put our stuff on two seats and come back and check us in. So he does that. He goes, I think we're all right. We got time. So we end up finishing. The piece of veal I had was seriously insane. It was like a veal chop breaded, lightly breaded, big veal chop lightly breaded with like chopped up what looked like almost like a bruschetta. It had chopped up tomatoes and onions all over the top of it, a little bit of lettuce and garnish. It was insanely delicious. His was delicious. Just an insane meal. Um, ridiculously expensive Italian restaurant, which is what you want because it was good. It was worth it. It was a place we'll go back to. We'll remember. Just one of those places. So then we go into this, we go into this hotel and we go downstairs and it's like not even like a hundred seat little small movie theater and they have free concessions. Okay, now I'm a sucker. You guys know I'm a sucker for gummy bears, okay? I'm a sucker for gummy bears. I'm a sucker for Starbursts and Sour Patch Kids. What do they have on the counter, which is complimentary? They got a bin with a shovel of Sour Patch Kids. They got a bin with loose Starbursts. And then they have a bin of the Haribo gummy bears, which are my favorite, with the shovel. And then they just have pre-made um, hand things of, of popcorn, okay? It was incredible. And then you could go get sparkling or tap water bottles all in the house. So I'm going, this just keeps getting, this is unbelievable. I go to the bathroom because I find out the movie's three and a half hours. Literally, the movie's three and a half hours. And I mean, I'm excited. I walked into, we walked in, I walked in with a thing of candy. I saw somebody that I knew in there and they looked at me and they go, did you get candy? And I said, gummy bears. And they were just laughing. They were a little lower in the theater than us. Uh... It was actually my um, it was actually my buddy Chris Italia who uh, runs the stand. He was there. Also, comedian Jordan Fisher was with them. So they're there, and all these I guess people that are associated with the Writers Guild, and we're sitting down, and then they finally get on the microphone. And they go, "All right, folks, we're gonna watch this movie." Then the writer of the movie, the writer is going to do a Q&A and the guy doing the Q&A or like the, you know, the guy asking the questions was the writer who wrote a Manchester by the Sea. So two of these, one, one director and, and writer and one writer, they're just going to sit there and talk to us afterwards, which to be honest with you, I could have give a shit about because I'm already going to be sitting there for three and a half hours. That just means I'm going to sit there for about four hours. Okay. Which it was. We sat in the theater. The movie started at 6.30. We got out of there at 10.30. Uh, my ass was in the same seat uh, for about four hours, but anyway, movie comes on, we are locked in, and I gotta tell you something, it had such an amazing feel to it, it had the feel of a Goodfellas or a Casino in a different way though, okay, Pesci's character, I mean, I don't want to give some stuff away, but Pesci's character is a little different in this, Pacino as Hoffa was just breathtaking, it was just like, what, De Niro 
as Frank Shear and the Irishman. It was just a very unbelievably um, well done. The music, the old times, the cars, the just the 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 sequences, the flashbacks, the whole deal was really good. But then here's where the unacceptable comes in. I got two assholes sitting behind me, okay? And they're just literally, yeah, see, so what's going on right here? Yeah, that's what he's got. And they're just kind of whispering. And it wasn't enough for me to say something, but it was enough for me to hear it. And it was, thank God it wasn't the whole movie because I would have said something. I think people would have said something. But listen, even halfway through a three and a half hour movie, you're dealing with these two assholes who just could not shut their mouths about the movie. It's like, listen, dickhead, we're all in here. Can you just hold, how about since you're talking so much, when the lights come on before the Q&A, you and your asshole friend could yap it all you want. Or how about this, dickhead? How about when it's over, you and your friend go to a diner, get a coffee and a piece of pie and you talk about a movie like a normal human being. You don't do it during the actual movie, because the movie had unbelievable sequences, it had unbelievable cinematography, it had symbolism, it had all of these things that you're going to pay attention to for three and a half fucking hours, right? You know, and I got this guy over my right shoulder, just going, oh yeah, that's so-and-so, oh, listen, this and that, you know, and then there were like certain people making cameos in movies, and oh yeah, that's uh, so-and-so right there, oh my yeah, look, oh, so-and-so's in it, yeah, I didn't, oh, you know, he was in, and I just wanted to go, dickhead, shut up, so I finally just, in the middle of the movie, I leaned back, I turned, and I just looked at him, and that bought me like a couple of minutes, and then they went back to it. And uh, luckily during like really big intense scenes, they shut up, thank God. But it's like, what kind of assholes? It's like, we're lucky enough to be some of the first people ever seeing this. They only showed it one time at the New York Film Festival. Unless you're in the know or you have, you know, you're in the crew of it or you have somebody in the crew of it who has access to it. It's been viewed very few times at a couple of, you know, festivals. And now this Writers Guild thing. And then it doesn't get released until the first week of, of November. So you have like over, like, a, like about a month or whatever it is. And we have this, and these two dickheads are just talking during it. And I wanted to throw gummy bears at them. I was like, what are you doing? Shut up. So the movie's over. Everybody claps. It was really, really good. So many funny parts. But it's, I mean, I'm going to tell you this. It's great. It's a great movie. See it in the theater, then see it again. It obviously gets the Verzi effect stamp of approval with my movie reviews, 100%. You guys know that. I mean, I would never sit here and even talk about that, you know. But it's one of those movies where you absolutely have to watch it um, again. You have to watch it again. Um, so, anyway... Uh, sorry, I just got a text message here. Of course, of course. But so the lights come on and they go, you know, everybody claps. It was a great, great thing. And I was, I, I thank Joe, man. Thank you so much for bringing me here. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I had to piss. Okay. We've all been in a movie where you got to piss. And those movies were two hours. 85, 90% of the time, the movie is under two hours. I would say 85% of the time, the movie is under two hours, okay? You got an hour and 40, an hour and 50 something. Sometimes comedies are only an hour and a half, 91 minutes, all that shit, okay? I had to piss, and I pissed before the movie. And I had to piss maybe 45 minutes in to the three and a half hour movie, never got up and did. 
I was like, your bladder, something's going to be wrong. This is not healthy, but I'm not missing one thing. Because I know if I leave that theater, they're going to be like, oh, then Pesci put a gun in his mouth. Lasagna was flying everywhere. The wine came out. His wife pulled out a machine gun from her hair bun. And all. I would have just missed like the greatest mafia scene in history. So Gorsese even made a cameo. He jumped out of a cake with two guns. You know, his dick was holding a gun. Like oh, some crazy... <laughs> So, <laughs> so uh, sorry, that visual even got me. Like some crazy thing would have happened if I went to the bathroom. Like I'm not doing it. I'm not coming back and finding out that I missed one of the greatest dialogues or, you know, Pacino and De Niro talk. I'm not doing it. I'm not missing a classic line, which there were. Make no mistake, this movie had like out loud, burst out laughing, out loud dialogue, like over the top Italian stuff hilarious. Um, I talk about it in my act a little bit in the new hour, but uh, Sicilian pride, not just with mob guys and tough guys. Sicilian pride is both really disturbing how serious it is and, and also hilarious. Like Sicilians, if you hurt them, like, I don't want them at my funeral. You understand? Listen to me. I don't want them at my funeral. They don't get the satisfaction. Like, it's just like, and it's like, you know, it was a, it was like, it was a piece of cake. Like, who ate the bigger piece? Like, like, it's just that, it's that nuts. So watching it, especially having, coming from a Sicilian father like I have, who's 100% Sicilian, you know, and my dad's the type that they would want to be, you know, involved because he, they can trace his blood back, but like all that shit, my father is that, 100%. Um, I'm watered down because I got the Greek, but I still have in me where it's like when somebody does something, I'll just never ever, it's really, really hard for me to let it go. The Greek side of me allows me to with certain exceptions, but for the most part, it's just tough. And when I tell you there were lines in it, back and forth, Hoffa and this one guy just couldn't handle each other. And they're going back and forth so much. And it was just so funny. But I'm holding in this piss and it's a lot of pain. And in one, my OCD thought made me go, this movie is so good. What would happen if I literally just stood up, you know, pulled out my uh, brajol over there and just started pissing like that's I actually it, at one point I had to piss so bad I'm like I wonder if my penis could be so if I could get my penis so small that I could put it in the top of this bottle and piss in it like those were things I was imagining that's how bad I had to piss um but then I was like it's too big oh I'm kidding so anyway sorry I'm in a silly mood guys I'm in a silly mood it's October it's you know um, going to Syracuse in a couple of days. I'm just in a mood. What do you want from me? But, uh, and then the Q&A starts. And I got to tell you, guess what? The guy who wrote Manchester by the Sea is asking questions to the writer of The Irishman. And then he asked a couple, and then he said, after we do our talk and our questions, then we're going to open it up to the people in the theater. And um, guess what? As he's going now, what was your uh, thoughts with the Pesci character with this? The two behind me start whispering it. Oh yeah, this, and now the lights are on, and it's supposed to, you're supposed to be polite to the people on the stage talking, and they're whispering. The guy, I mean, no disrespect, but the guy who was asking the questions was terrible. So, so let me let me ask you, like, so um, okay, okay, so I guess what I'm trying to say, so like with the, like it's like spit it out, dickhead. I've been sitting here for three and a half hours. 
Okay, I've been sitting here for three and a half fucking hours over here, and you can't even get a question out. The guy just wrote a freaking masterpiece of three and a half hours. What can't you ask him? How was Pacino? How was it like working with him? Oh, was the transformation as Hoffa? Was that great? Did you watch it? What was it like? And says, so, so, what, what, your thought, was there anything that, like, stuck out that you'd like to share? It was like the question sucked, honestly. They really did. To one point where you noticed the guy that wrote it was just looking at him with a microphone and wanted to go... What the fuck are you talking about? Like, I that's the feeling that I got when I was sitting in there. But one of the funniest things, Joe DeRosa sitting next to me, and he kept raising his hand. And he'd go, all right, fine, well, who's got questions? And he would look at Joe, then see another hand go up and go to the other hand. So then Joe's like, shit, he looked at me. Then I swear to God, the second time, all right, does anybody else have one? Joe's up first. The guy looks at Joe, somebody closer to him. How about you right here? And then I swear to God, the third time, and Joe starts looking at me, and now I'm laughing. He goes, all right, anybody else? Joe's hand goes straight up. He almost stands up, and he points towards Joe, and he goes, you, all the way in the back, and it wasn't Joe. It was a guy in the back. Now I'm just laughing, and he just goes, uh, I almost said Bartnick. Uh, DeRosa just looks at me and goes, it's like almost intentional, right? And I am howling now, and I go, oh, my God, if they don't let this guy answer a question. And then finally they go, we got time for one more, and Joe throws his hand up, and then he goes, you, sir, in the middle. And then Joe just goes, I just want to thank you. Me and my friend here have been waiting for this. And the fact that we you did one more to give these guys a send-off was amazing, blah, blah, blah. And then everybody claps, and it ended like that. And then I just went on a long line to take a piss. And I got to tell you, the piss was as good as the movie. Like, the, the piss was just, I mean, my bladder was just, like, ready to tap out, and, um, but yeah, unacceptable for those two to whisper during something like that, and then whisper during a Q&A, which you could say might even be a little more unacceptable than the other things, but, so that's what happened with that, but it was an absolutely, um, it was an absolutely great time, great movie, comes out in November, it's gonna be in theaters, I believe, for, like, four weeks, and then it's gonna be on Netflix, so I think everybody in the world is going to see this movie. They had to do a lot of CGI, and they weren't able to make this movie for, like, years. Uh, this movie was written 10 years ago, and then they announced eight years ago, uh, or no, I'm sorry, then they announced two years ago that it was finally going to be made and made a movie and stuff like that. Um, DeRosa talked to me at the old stand on 20, 20th Street and 3rd Avenue, going, hey, I heard they're making a movie called The Irishman. It's about, you know, Jimmy Hoffa's hitman and all that stuff. And, like, that was years ago. And then nothing came of it. And then, boom, we end up sitting in there. But um, really, really great. Really great. And they also couldn't make it. They said they finally have the technology to make it now because of the aging process. They had to really do stuff to all their faces and age them and stuff like that. So, anyway, it was... Um, Really, really good. So there you go. I know that's a long movie review, but I just wanted to tell you guys the story of that. Saw that and, um, oh my God, horrible Q&A. You know, here are the questions. How about this, okay? If I was to ask a question to somebody that made that movie, right? Hey, um, did De Niro play the part that it was in your mind? Okay, like he asked like one thing, but like, you know, not really good enough. Like, did De Niro play Frank Sheeran in the movie the way you envisioned it? Did it happen the way you wanted it to happen? Did you picture it like that? What was there that you didn't picture, but you ended up liking it anyway? Was there anything that you didn't 
think that was the vision, but then it was done that way and you liked it or accepted it and realized it was for the better. Things like that, you know, was Pesci, do any of the guys kind of stay in character when it's over to just go, you know, like things like that. It was just a very, the Q&A stunk. The Q&A stunk. That's what I thought. Um, I would have done it better. So now I'm going to get the guy on the Verzi effect. You know, matter of fact, I'm just going to get Pacino on the Verzi effect. By the way, Pacino's my number one. You guys know that. He always has been. I've gotten into arguments. Um, did I just? I've gotten into arguments on podcasts. Uh, who's better, De Niro or Pacino? Uh, you know, listen, you can go. It's tit for tat. They're both amazing. But for me, the, the um, I don't know, the transformation from a young Michael Corleone who gets back from the war or gets back from you know, the military and, and goes to his uh, sister's wedding, you know, and he's this innocent, smart kid to then becoming the, um, you know, the Don and and becoming that guy who knows what he has to do. It, it, that transformation was one of the greatest things. I still think to this day one of the greatest pieces of acting that anybody can ever see is when... Michael is in the restaurant knowing that he needs to shoot, uh, I believe it's Salazzo and the cop and the gun is in the bathroom. And while they're talking, you can see his eyes just thinking and he's looking around and he's not paying attention because he knows that there's a task at hand, which is a very serious thing that he has to do, which is go into the bathroom, get the gun and come out. And you actually see him thinking about it. And I, I always remember that. That's one of the greatest pieces of acting I've ever seen. Um, you know, Scarface and everything. Now, I know De Niro. I guess, you know, like I said, you could go either way. But for me, and then just watching him play Hoffa was just um, the way he was like really sharp but also aloof and, you know, just knew who he was and didn't think things could happen and the way he was so prideful. It was really, um, it was really spectacular. So I'm a Pacino guy. Uh, if I ever got Pacino on this show, I would shit my pants and I would probably retire the Verzi effect. I would be like, guys, this is episode whatever, signing off. Um, that's it. Okay, moving on to uh, my wife's Oktoberfest party that she threw. I was going to be on the road. I had some stuff going on, and it worked out where I could be here for something that my wife planned for a very long time. Shout out to my wife, Stacy, who absolutely crushed the Oktoberfest party. For any of you people that don't know, my wife plans things, and everything is done right, okay? I clearly married up. I clearly married a woman who is just, I mean, can run circles around me. Um, when it comes to organization and do, I mean, she's just like, she's like, we're not ordering anything. We're not catering anything. We're cooking. We're cooking with the finest ingredients. We're having an Oktoberfest. We're going to get brats from the best butcher. We're, I mean, there was, uh, like German macaroni and cheese, which they make with beer. My wife had 160 pretzels delivered to our house. Um, and then she was making these cheeses and then there's a beer cheese you dip it in and certain mustards and she was making these different potato salads and macaroni salads and all kinds of German. It was just nuts. And then she made a beer garden outside and we had mugs that said Oktoberfest Verzi Fest on them. 
Um, it was just so over the top insane. People showed up and, you know, our neighbors, this was like a neighborhood thing. And, um, our kids, friends, parents and all that stuff. And it was just people showed up in German hats and German flags and German t-shirts and everybody was drinking beer and we made a fire. It was just nuts. There was just beers and brats and pretzels and the whole deal um, somebody literally brought four pounds of macaroni and cheese here, but everything was made like with the best stuff. My wife was up days before cooking, um, obviously had to have the brats and the, um, the brats and the pretzels, um, delivered. But other than that, man, it was, uh, we had two kegs. One was an Oktoberfest, one was an IPA. Um, then there was just, you could get other beers that were here. It was just, it was nuts. There were these two little German kegs of beer here and I'm not a beer drinker. Okay. And I'm not going to lie to you though. The only downside was after, cause I'm kind of been on a diet. I'm trying to eat good. My stomach was in shambles. Okay. You want to know the ingredients to a fucked up stomach and, uh, changing your digestive tract? Have a couple of bratwursts and Oktoberfest beers and pretzels and mac and cheese. My stomach was looking at me like, dude, what just happened? Things were going good. I didn't have to eat for like literally two and a half days after it. I didn't have to eat. It was just, it was so much. And there was like 15 kids at one point running around the house playing ball you know, it was a group of girls, a group of boys. All the boys were there playing football. They're running around. And then it got cold at night, so we made a fire. Just a great time. My wife absolutely crushed it. People were blown away. Um, thank you for everybody that showed up and brought me my uh, red wine, which I love so much now. I am a, I am a red wine drinker now more than anything, pretty much, just because uh, you could have a couple, feel relaxed. And I'm not drinking beer. You know, I'll drink beer like, listen, if she has another Oktoberfest next year, I'll drink a couple beers. But I'm not a beer guy at all. But um, I didn't realize how serious people take Oktoberfest. And um, it was really awesome. It was awesome. Our families were here. Of course, Lloyd's next to me eating right now. And everybody could hear. Go ahead, Lloyd. It's not like I'm talking. No, no, no. Go ahead. Keep crunching and making. Uh, he's looking at me like I'm crazy now. Keep crunching and making noise in your metal bowl. You guys hear that? Listen. Yeah, he doesn't give it. You think he gives a shit that I'm doing a podcast? Oh, he could give a fuck. He's like, listen, buddy. He's like, you know, when you let me in this house, it became my house. Um, but anyway, so I want to just uh, shout out my wife who did so much hard work for that um, for that Oktoberfest, and uh, it was um, it was great. I don't have to talk about movies right now, so we will end up. We will do some sports real quick. Speaking of sports, everybody. I will be on Good Morning Football tomorrow morning. That's right, with Peter Schrager and Nate Burleson and uh, Kyle Brand and Kay Adams. I will be back. I will be making my triumphant return back to uh, Good Morning Football on the NFL Network tomorrow morning. So check that out. I think I should be on sometime in the 8 o'clock hour or a little before 9 o'clock, something like that. So you guys can uh, can check that out, and I'll do the plugs of where I'm going to be at the end of this here. But um, anyway, here we go. So, sports. I went to the Giants game against the Vikings. We went. It was me, my son, my son's friend James, and his dad, Bill. 
uh, great people. So cool to so cool to 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 bring them to the game. It was a lot of fun. Um, we got these tickets like kind of last minute, and uh, you know. So anyway, it was it was awesome. Um, but what wasn't awesome was the Giants' defense. It was false hope because they played a shitty uh, Redskins team. That if you put if you put a you know. If you put a football uniform on me, I could have probably covered their receivers okay as a, as a CB. Um, so that was, you know, but it was just really painful to watch. Watching your team losing, knowing that the other team is just has better personnel and is just far superior, sucks. Like, you're just like, look, we're not going to stop them on defense, so we just need to. It was just kind of tough to watch. But great time. Um, great seats. Great time. The Giants just are not ready yet, and what are you gonna do? Now they come in, they gotta play. Uh, they gotta go into New England and play that team. That's gonna be a shit show. But what are you gonna do? You know, um, I gotta say, Vikings fans very respectful. They got a little cocky as their team was winning at the end, and they were doing that whole skull skull where they like open their arms and clap hands on top of their head. I don't know what that means. Uh, I think it's kind of silly to be honest. However, I will say they were respectful. They were uh, they weren't dickheads like the cowboy fans. Cowboy fans are dicks. Cowboy fans were screaming, yeah, like you know, yeah, get the fuck out of here, blah, blah, all this stuff. Like the Viking fans were, yes, towards the end they were drinking and their team won. So you get a little cocky, you get your little, you know, you get your little shit talking on with your buzz as your team just beat a team and you know you're you know you came to New York. Let's face it though, you're from Minnesota and now you're in New York. Okay, so just you know. Let's not get too crazy because at the end of the day, guess what? You're getting back on a plane. You're going to Minneapolis. I mean, listen, I love Minnesota. I love it. But let's not get too cocky. Let's understand. Actually, you know what? They have a point. They could be like, yeah, well, you know what? You play in Jersey, so shut up. So there you go. I'm actually correcting myself. They're right for doing that. They're like, not only did we beat you, but you got beat in New Jersey, and we're staying in Times Square. So we win both ways. <laughs> um, but... They were respectful, not dickhead fans. I've seen the fans that are terrible, and I, I really do put the Cowboys at the top of the list. Um, what else do we have? Okay, so the Yankees swept the Minnesota Twins, um, and I'm not trying to be a dick, and I'm really not trying to take another shot at Minnesota here, but I wasn't worried about the Twins. Our record against them in the playoffs is like 16-2. and two. We have just better personnel. It's just better. I wasn't worried about them. Now I'm worried about the Houston Astros because you got Verlander. You got, you got Actually, you got a handful of good pitchers over there. Um, unbelievable lineup going against our unbelievable lineup. They won 107, 107 games. We won 103. I think we beat them three out of four times this year. But, you know, they beat us in the playoffs last year. So this is now it's time to get nervous. I was not nervous about the Twins. We swept them uh, personnel-wise. We should have. So basically uh, it's kind of what we should have done. So now we are in the ALCS. Got to go to the uh, World Series. And to do that, you got to beat the Houston Astros, which you'd really have it no other way. But so that's I'm gonna be losing sleep over that in the next couple of uh, days watching these playoff games to see if hopefully the Yankees go to the World Series and hopefully uh, go against the Dodgers and beat them. But I will go and I will love them to beat anybody and just get their 28th World Championship. All the shit that you talk, how many how many does your team have? Exactly. You could hate on all you want. So that's the difference between and I'm not trying to be a dick, but that's the difference between Cowboy fans and Yankee fans. 
okay? Cowboy fans, they talk all this shit. They haven't won since the 90s, and I think they've won one playoff game in the last however long, and they're acting like this long, crazy thing. It's like, it's like no, you want to hate on the Yankees, fine, but understand, the Yankees, every decade, it's something forever, and they have to keep that going right now. So that's where we are with that. Knicks looked good in preseason, but I'm very realistic on what's going on. Let's just hope that, um, you know, things can, can uh, you know, I like what we're doing. We're young. We're going to have to go through some rough times, but they're kind of doing it right now with money and personnel. So there we go. So that's it for sports. I'm happy. Check me out tomorrow. Good morning football. I will be on there talking some shit. I don't know if I'm just getting interviewed or what we're going to be doing, but uh, it's always going to be a fun time when I get to sit with those people because I love them and they're the best. And they gave me a shot really kind of, you know, early before my special came out and all that. They had me on there and it's great to get uh, be coming back. Okay, guys, this weekend, this weekend, I will be at the, um, oh, for some reason, by the way, before I get into that, for some reason, I was having issues with the uh, unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. So if you tried and I didn't get to it, it's because I'm trying to resolve something and it's through my Google, it's through the Google um, email thing. So if you have something and you sent it and I didn't get a chance to to read it, definitely, um, definitely send it again. And it should be up and fine for next week. So that is um, unacceptables for TVE at Gmail. Guys, does not have to be just about unacceptables. It could be about your Oktoberfest party, which probably wasn't as good or as detailed as my wife's. But that's not your fault. It's because my wife is a psycho. I'm kidding. She's great at what she does. But um, anything you got, anything you got, if you saw The Irishman and you want to talk about it, um, let me know. If you have questions about the Irishman that aren't spoiler alerts, hit me up. Anything you guys want to talk about. If you want advice, and let's be honest, guys, who better to ask advice to than me? You know what I mean? I've lived it. I'm kidding. But I, I'll give you I'll give you as best as I can. Okay. But anything you guys want to talk about, I will I will set you up. We'll talk about it. We'll have a good time. Uh, shout you out and do all that stuff and get ready for the super fans podcast with me and Jerry. Um, it's coming. Like I told you, like I told you at the beginning of the show. Um, but I'll still keep giving you guys extra stuff on the, um, Patreon for uh, a measly $3. You could hear some private stuff. I just talked about something that, and and a lot of stuff I don't really talk about on this one. Um, I get very, very personal. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Lloyd, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm trying to wrap up the show. What, what is that? What kind of... What kind, are you a gentleman or not? And he's looking at me in shame. Good. You should look at me with guilt like that. Barking like that. I'm trying to wrap up this show. Anyways, the manners on this kid. It's like... It's like, what else do you need? You have almost two acres of land to run around in. You know, you they got you in a dump... They got you in a dumpster in Aruba. Yeah, he's looking at me. They found this kid and his brother in a dumpster in fucking Aruba. And he's got the nerve, the balls, the audacity to sit here and bark out loud while I'm trying to do my show. Anyway, I'm sorry about that. I'm going to teach this. I'm going to beat the shit out of him when the show's over. (laughs) I'm kidding, you animal lunatics. I would never do that. Um, what was, I don't even know what I was saying when, when I was, when he just interrupted, but anyway, so we'll wrap this up here. Guys, this weekend, 
I will be, uh, yes, so that's what I was saying. Right into Unacceptables for TVE, whatever you got, we'll talk about it. I will be um, at the Funny Bone in Syracuse, New York. That's right. I'm going to another mall. I could not be more thrilled. I'm going to be by a Dave & Buster's. I'm going to be by a Red Robin. Everything I've always dreamed about in comedy, I will be, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll go to Foot Locker. That's the, that's the beauty of this. I get to go tell jokes in a mall, and then I get to go to Foot Locker and maybe see if I could get myself a pair of uh, new Air Max Ones. That's the beautiful thing about this. Um, but no, in all seriousness, I actually did this room before. It is a beautiful comedy club, a beautiful room, and um, it's a beautiful mall because that's all, that's all these people have there is the mall. So uh, if you're in the mood to come out and see my new hour, come out to the mall. Get to the mall early. You go to the food court. You get yourself a pair of kicks. And then uh, and then I'll give you some laughs. I will be at the Funny Bone this Thursday. And then two Friday and two Saturday. Five shows. Um, for tickets, you can go to... Well, you know what, you guys? It's 2019. If you can't find tickets now, I, I don't think you can be helped. You go to Google and you type in Syracuse Funny Bone and you click their website and guess what? My good-looking mug smiling will come up. You click on the ticket link, you get tickets, and you come out to see my show. And you guys come out because a lot of people said, Paul, when you coming to Syracuse? When you coming to Syracuse? Well, you know what? I'm coming to Syracuse in a couple of days. So get your tickets. Come out there. We're going to have a really good time. And uh, there you guys have it. This has been episode... Uh, 419 and um, another announcement coming next week so uh, stay tuned for that thank you guys don't talk in a movie theater and um, there you go I will and I'm gonna get the name of that Italian restaurant Um, I gotta get the name of the Italian restaurant we went to yesterday I will let you know it but it is really really good especially if you like veal and um you know, lamb chops and all that stuff. It was on another, on a whole other level. I'll get you that. I should have done that. It was like, it's one of those, like, you know, those like Il Tamino or Il Tacida. You know, it's one of those just, you know, it's like an ill and then something Ina. So, you know, (laughs) just type in ill and then like space, space, I-M-A and something will come up. Uh, this is 219, everybody. Uh, I am out of here. I will talk to you guys next time. I will hopefully see you guys in Syracuse. And then, oh, oh, one more thing. One more thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How dare I? But if you are not in the New York Syracuse area this week, don't worry. Because uh, let's say you happen to be, I'll be doing some shows at the stand in New York City. And then in um, November uh, 14th, 15th, Uh, And 16th, I will be at the Punchline in Atlanta, Georgia. And then November 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, I will be at the Houston Improv in November before uh, the holidays. So there you have it. For all of those dates, you can go to paulverzi.com. Thank you all so much. You guys are the best. I love you all. I am out of here. Talk to you guys soon.